A popular outcast production. Welcome to 106.2, The Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Your source for all things phallic. Including the Wii remotes. (laughs) Put them in your butt. Today. (laughs) (laughs) That rumble feature really coming in handy. (laughs) Use the D-pad with your D. (laughs) Use the A button with your A. I don't know. Motion control never felt so good. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? to Portable Power Podcast, free-to-play edition. We absolutely will not charge you to play our podcast. This is episode 39. We are recording on Friday, April 24th, 2015. My name is Mark Matters, and I am here with... Kevin Seibert. And Emma Smith. All right, hello, Kevin. How are you this evening? I'm doing fine, Mark. How are you? I'm okay. Got a little bit of a cough. I'm going to have to edit out a lot of coughing this episode, and I'm looking forward to that. What are you drinking this evening? Tonight, I'm drinking a beer by Unibrow. Oh, yes. Trois Pistoles. Yes, I love that beer. Yeah, me too. It's a Belgian strong dark ale, 9% ABV. Um, And yeah, it's uh, mildly sweet, a little bit fruity, and all around enjoyable. Awesome. Um, I guess it should be noted that um, this is our two-year anniversary episode. Yeah. We've been doing this for two years. It feels like we've been doing it for six months. It's pretty depressing how fast time is going by. My life is slipping through my fingers (laughs) as I speak. And hey, we still podcast like we've been doing it for six months. (laughs) I mean, with the enthusiasm of only doing it six months. That's Um, what I meant. A little bit of both. Um, (laughs) What have you been playing recently? Oh, gosh. Um, I just got back into Majora's Mask 3D. Good. Yeah, it's bumming me out a lot. In what way? The story is sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I don't know how much I have to say about it. Uh, That's fine. But it's, yeah, like, I haven't gotten a lot further. Like, I did a, I did hours and hours of side quests and just started uh, the Great Bay Temple. That's fine. Like, that game is, is all about the side quests, I think, you know. Yeah, I don't even really enjoy dungeons, so. Cool. Well, we have a question of the week, and, um... It's timely for recording of the podcast, not nearly as timely for the release of the podcast, but we don't give a shit. So um, what are your feelings on the recently released Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice trailer? Man, (laughs) I'll probably go see it, but I think it looks like dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like Zack Snyder in general. I, I think his style of filmmaking is repulsive. Yeah. And there's one line of dialogue in the entire trailer, and it's Ben Affleck's stupid Batman. And l- let me be clear, I wasn't one of the haters. I was like, I wanted to like Ben Affleck. I didn't have a problem with him being cast. Sure. 
Um, but holy shit, like when the one line of dialogue in the entire trailer is, tell me, do you bleed? <laughs> you will. <laughs> like that's like Batman would never fucking say that. Also, like they went from Christian Bale, the worst Batman voice ever, to an even worse one somehow. Robo Batman. How are you tonight, Emrys? I'm great. I'm I'm in a really good mood. Oh, good. Is that you knocking on wood? Uh, no, it was me moving my glass around. As a okay. segue. Uh, yeah. What are you drinking? I am drinking a tall glass of ice cold, dark Coca Cola. Uh, I'm bathing in luxury. I was hoping that was. I, th- I was hoping tonight would be the night that I break my teetotaling. Yeah, in celebration. It- of two two years of our podcasts, you're gonna get hammered on. If the I air. really wanted to <laughs> celebrate two years of the podcast, I'd be doing pot right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't even think of it. Daniel, cover your ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't um, know, man. You live in Milton. It'd be hard for you to find pot. You'd be more likely to find heroin. Yeah, I wouldn't do heroin on the air. That'd be for my own private suicide attempt. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, that's dark. Um, yeah, sorry, what are you playing, Emrys? I've been playing this great game called Pillars of Eternity. Also a lot of Hearthstone, but Pillars of Eternity is a um, it's an isometric uh, American-style RPG in the, in the vein of Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale. It's by Obsidian. It's really, really good. The combat mechanics are awesome, awesome. yeah. And the story is fantastic. And it's just really satisfying to play. This is PC only? It's on, yeah, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Hey, you have an up-to-date computer now. I I do. I did just just, um, get in trouble (laughs) by buying a new computer, so I can probably play it now. (laughs) Um well, question of the week, Emrys. How do you feel about that Batman versus Superman trailer? All right. It seemed to me like in the trailer, they were setting up Superman to be the villain. And I think that's really cool. And everything else about it gave me a rash. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I know that they're necessarily say... setting him up to be the villain. I think they're setting him up to be humanity turns against him because they're afraid of him that's, that's sort of what i meant like okay. the way they the way they film it is just like it's like batman or superman is distant and like the camera is focused on him looking grim and stuff and like the voiceover is all like oh we don't trust him and then it shows batman in like a different position like challenging superman in a way that, to me, said Superman was the antagonist. Okay. Which well, he does I get second is... billing, so sure, yeah. And I think that's what you would like. That's really what you would want to do with the Superman movie is put Superman in a place where you're not rooting for him, mm-hmm. because it's so fucking hard to do anything interesting with that character. Like he's he's always right. He's immortal. He's invulnerable. He like. So, but Batman is not always right. He is not invulnerable. I think it's really cool to put Batman in the position where you're rooting for him and against Superman. Because that is how you 
That is like where the tension is in that matchup. If you're like trying to root for Superman, well, gee, Superman's probably going to win. Like, right. like if you're not rooting for Batman, Batman is clearly the underdog in that match. Mm-hmm. And Superman is just so fucking boring. He's an <laughs> awful character. No one has ever done anything interesting with him in a movie. The last Zack Snyder Superman movie was the worst. It was just the worst. I saw it for free, and it was still a waste of my time. (laughs) Wow. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) How are you Uh, doing, Mark? I'm okay. I, you know, I've got this, like, uh, uh, lovely beer in front of me, and it's just soothing all the ailments away. This is um, Lagunitas Limited Release 2015 Old Gnarly Wine. This is a basically a barley wine style ale. Um, it is 10.6% alcohol and 70 IBUs. Ooh. I'm halfway done with it. <laughs> and this is going to be a fun night. <laughs> because it's 22 ounces. Oh, wow. And the last... I, I bought one the other day and it took me like three hours to drink it. And now we're... 20 minutes into our recording and I'm halfway done. So this is going to get weird. <laughs> what have you been playing that's not for the podcast? Um not a whole lot. Um if 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 anyone out there if I can really just reach out to our listeners right now, um I would advise you to maybe not have kids. Maybe maybe have one. <laughs> but one's cool, like one's a challenge and you're like, "Okay, but you can like get a handle on it." Once you have two, it's this great juggling act. And if you value your free time, um, don't do it. Stop at one or just like, you know, sterilize yourself immediately. So it, it's been a challenge. Love my daughter to death, but um, I have not had any time. I haven't even like I, I downloaded the Mario Kart 8 DLC yesterday and I got a chance to play like two races um, of the new tracks on 200 CC and that was it. Wow. So it's, I don't know. Things will get better, I assume. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the beer, this beer tastes extra good tonight. I'm sure. That's excellent. So uh, question of the week, what, what were your thoughts about the Batman versus Superman trailer? I'm going to be honest here. Like, I hate Hollywood. I don't like most movies. And so if they make a movie where Batman fights Superman, I'm going to be pretty freaking stoked about it. Like, um, because everything else Hollywood's making is crap to me. I, I go out of my way to buy like superhero movies. I own, I own Electra. I went out of my way to buy the movie Electra on DVD. (laughs) I own both Ghost Rider movies by choice. I have very low standards when it comes to superhero movies because I just, I, I love that they're doing this and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, the, I don't know what the deal with me is, but when I saw the trailer, it was, I was pretty excited. I, I, I'm still burnt by, um, the Superman movie, whatever the hell it was called that came out a couple years Man ago. Of Steel. Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't good. Um, oh. I'm still going to buy it and own it, but, um, <laughs> and, and watch it multiple times, but it wasn't, very good 
Um, so I don't have high hopes for this, but at the same time, it's just like it, it, it I don't know, it looks cool. I, I like the idea of what they're doing where humanity looks like they're turning against Superman. I don't know. Robo tank Batman looks okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't have strong opinions like you guys do. I, I'm, I'm optimistic about it, I guess. What I'm not optimistic about is minutes ago, um, they released the first picture of Jared Leto as the Joker in DC's Suicide Squad. And he looks like a late 90s slash early 2000s member of a band that um, like disturbed or corn. So yeah, I'm kind of weirded out right now. I'm not super excited about it. They can still do great things with that character, even if he does look stupid. So I'm still going to be optimistic about it. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled about the screenshot either at first i thought it was uh um cosplay because i I (laughs) yeah well i'd seen some i'd seen some interesting joker cosplay that kind of had the same sort of flavor to it i actually thought it was cool i i think the dark knight joker was a really interesting departure from the joker aesthetics you get in the comic book right and I think this is sort of more of a return to form. I, I would agree with you if he didn't have bad tattoos and a freaking grill. Yeah. Yeah, the grill, I didn't understand the grill, but I like the tattoos. Like, it's the it's the comic book lettering from, like, Killing Joke and stuff. All of the art on him looks like, I, I, like, I feel like I've seen all of it somewhere. And that's yeah. what annoys me. It's like, okay, <laughs> this... Eh, I don't know. One thing, one thing I definitely learned from um, I forget what was the name of the actor Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger. What I learned from Heath Ledger is that you have to see the Joker in motion. You can't go by like you can't have a judgment by a picture because sure, like everybody thought the Heath Ledger Joker was awful. Yeah, and now you can't even like say anything about it. It's like the holy grail of, you know, Batman. It's absolutely true. But let's move on to the, the the what this podcast is all about, and that is mobile gaming. Um, we're going to start with the la- <laughs> the latest on Hearthstone, and I'm going to have to hand that over to you guys because I don't know a whole lot about it. I've been playing a little bit since they released it on um, iOS, you know, for iPhone and and stuff. But um, I'll let you guys kind of carry this. I kind of want to hear your perspective of the mobile app, actually, because like we've talked about Hearthstone before. Okay. Um, but you're getting you're getting like a a virgin sort of perspective of it, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what I'll say about it is it is a good game. It is not everything I expected. I didn't expect the humor. I didn't expect there to be voiceovers. Like that was an interesting thing um, that sort of caught me off guard. And it definitely fits in with the um, the Warcraft vibe. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I've never played World of Warcraft, but um, I used to play War- Warcraft one and two on my PC back in the 90s. And it totally had the same kind of sense of humor. So definitely fits in, I, I, I guess, with the with the world and the everything they're doing there. But 
Um, I don't know. It's a good card game. I, I can't say that it's significantly better than any of the other card games I've I've played on iOS. Uh, what was that one that was lane based? I think we reviewed it on the yeah, show. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I can't remember what it was called. I like that game just as much as I like Hearthstone. It works okay on the small screen. Like, I don't have the newest iPhone that's gigantic. I have a 5S. So, I, I mean, it runs fine, but um, it's a little, like, it's everything's so compacted. I guess overall the graphics are a little blurry on my phone, and I don't know what that's about. Um, it could be the again i'm not running the latest phone and the biggest thing i hate okay is it's an iphone game and i'll be playing a match against the computer and something will come up and i'll go about i'll be doing something outside of my phone and i'll come back to my phone of course my phone has the screen has locked and i have to go back in it completely kicks you out of the match you have to start that that match over which is super stupid i'll be halfway through a battle and I'll have to, like, you know, give my daughter a bottle. And when I come back to the phone later, you know, it has, like, quit the match and it's back to the title screen. So that's really freaking annoying. Um, I've only done one online battle because I'm not good. And I haven't even finished all of the, um, what do you call it? I don't want to call them tutorials, but you have to, like, fight someone from every class before you can really get into the game. Yeah. I haven't finished all that. I still have, like, three or four more of those. Uh, but I have done an online battle and, you know, it, it plays well and um, I enjoy it. I'm going to keep at it. I'll keep it on my phone. But I, I just don't see why people are so over the moon about it. <laughs> Maybe it's just not the best game for me. It's a game that I recognize is very good and I enjoy it. But I, I, I can't get into it on, on the level that some of you guys do. Well, I like that you called out the production quality because it really, I think, shines a lot on the small screen um, because they they um, change the user interface a lot to accommodate the mobile devices. Mm-hmm. But the character art and the sound effects are front and center and yeah. they stand out a lot. Have you been playing on your Android phone? Um, not as much. I really prefer on my PC. And there are some like like screen delays that make it really frustrating like when you finish a match it takes forever to get back to the like the play button and i i you know i just don't i prefer using my mouse really but the the mobile app is really good and i think the the production quality is what really separates hearthstone from other um ccgs on the computer um, because like every card has voice overs and, and like and some, animations and all that stuff. Yeah, and some of the animations are so satisfying. Like it's it's kind of a joke in the Hearthstone community that like the worst cards have the best animations, <laughs> and uh, it's it's sort of true. Well, there uh, there's a new expansion out. Do you guys want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a uh, Blackrock Spire, right? Blackrock Mountain. Blackrock Mountain. Like, it, there's so many Blackrock things in the war in the Warcraft universe that I like. I cannot even. I can't even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So currently, um, week four. So the, the the fourth wing of Blackrock Mountain just released. I have not had time to play it. I've only played the first three. Okay. But. Yeah, uh, 
a lot of what I like about it is the campy voice acting, like just the completely overdone roles. It's uh the the Drake's name is Nefarian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Nefarian guides you through the through the the wings of Black Rock Mountain and just makes like snarky comments at you the entire time. And the big thing for me is like this is the second solo adventure for Hearthstone, the first being Naxxramas. And the big thing is that I think this one's actually fun. Like, Naxxramas, to me, felt like work. It was, you know, you figure out a strategy for for the boss that you're fighting, and then you have to craft a deck just for that one encounter. And I enjoy crafting decks, but I don't enjoy crafting a deck that is not viable for any other mode of play ever. Because these, like, a lot, a lot of the Naxxramas bosses are so specific about the, the ways you have to defeat them. But with uh, the Blackrock Mountain bosses I've encountered so far, and I've defeated nine of them, I've only had to craft two custom decks out of all of those. So seven of those, I just used a, re- used a regular deck that I use in play mode. And that's a lot more satisfying for me to not have to, like, go in and you know, wonder about what I have to do and, like, build a garbage deck. Like, I can still... And and I don't have to delete any slots for decks that I have existing. It's just so much more convenient. And it's not frustratingly... Like, a a lot of the Nax bosses, I also felt... And maybe it's because I wasn't as good at the game when I was playing Nax, but I feel like it's not as frustrating, it's not as reliant upon, like, lucky card draws. Emrys, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, the the bosses in Blackrock Mountain are, I think, a little bit easier than they were in Naxxramas, uh, and a little bit more fun in general. Mm-hmm. The heroic modes are quite challenging sometimes, but you 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 can totally like opt not to do heroic if you don't want to. Yeah, I I choose not to. I do the I do the bosses, then I do the class challenges and I'm done. Which yeah. leads me to my biggest complaint about Black Rock Mountain um is that it's really each wing is really about 30 to 40 minutes of content and there's $7 a piece. Yeah. Ooh. Which is way too much. Um, I think the just the general quality that Blizzard puts into the game makes it worth the price because you get a complete story with characters and dialogue and like custom animations. They make a whole new arena for each new expansion, and the new arenas are really cool looking. And they put in a bunch of custom cards for the bosses. I think. I think it pays for itself. Like, if you're into the game, then it's worth... Like, if you're going to buy cards for Hearthstone in general, the adventures are a really good investment. They are. Nexoramus is a little bit more essential than I think Blackrock Mountain will be. But there are some great cards in Blackrock Mountain. Yeah, Thorasan is really good. Yeah, Thorasan is super valuable. But the others I haven't found to be exceptionally useful yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to be more niche, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like, it's cool that the expansion isn't mandatory. You know, like, you really, like, you can't really play secrets unless you have a mad scientist, and you have to have Max to get mad scientists. Mm-hmm. So it's fine that having an expansion that isn't mandatory. I really think the humor 
and the writing that goes into those adventures is just top notch. It's not just the challenge of fighting the individual bosses that's good, but you get like a little bit of story and some funny dialogue and like like Ragnaros pokes fun at you. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. And they do it all with voice acting, which is super like it's super premium sort of content. You know, you won't find that in indie game usually. As far as mobile purchases go, it's a free game and it's super addictive. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Like in terms of just quality, it's probably one of the better mobile games out there. Yeah. Order in Chaos Duels was another one was the That's game that I was like pretty big on. Yeah. It's it's a little bit different. It's like lane based and stuff, but anyway. Kevin. Yes. Uh, you've let's keep this free to play ball rolling. You've been playing another free to play game. Uh, you actually beat this free to play game. That's what you think. Oh. <laughs> it's a game that I don't think anybody ever truly beats or ever will. The game we're talking about is Final Fantasy Record Keeper. It's developed by DNA. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the same uh, company that's going to be helming Nintendo's mobile efforts? That is correct. Okay. It's published by Square Enix. It's free to play on iOS and Android. And it's a Final Fantasy game. The story takes place in a world where all of the previous Final Fantasy games are paintings. That, like, that's how they've been recorded. And these paintings have begun to fade. So the hero, Tyro, is tasked with teaming up with heroes from previous Final Fantasy games to restore these paintings. Because apparently without art, the world would be destroyed or something. I don't know. <laughs> History would be destroyed anyway. Yes. Um, so, Final Fantasy Record Keeper would probably be better served by being titled Nostalgia the Game. Yeah. Um, and your ability to enjoy it is going to hinge pretty much entirely upon your appreciation of Final Fantasy. And not just like, I like a Final Fantasy game, but like your appreciation of Final Fantasy as a series. Yeah, multiple games. Yeah, multiple games. And it'll also hinge upon your ability to tolerate typical or free-to-play in-app transaction bullshit. <laughs> and the way that works is entering a battle costs a varying amount of stamina. Um, th- there's no exploration in this game. They've cut that all out. It's just battling. Yeah. Um, entering a battle costs a varying amount of stamina. You get one stamina every three minutes, or you can buy it. That's where the in-app purchases come in. Um, your stamina levels up by winning stamina shards in battle, though. And I I find that handy because it allows you to grind through dungeons for elemental orbs to craft spells or Mm -hmm. materials to craft armor without it being incredibly annoying. Because, like, at the start, you start out with, like, 20 stamina or something like that, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. And I'm currently up to about 48 or 49 stamina. 
Nice. Um, yeah, so, like, they keep in mind that, you know, you do, it is fairly important that you replay dungeons to try to get better scores on them. Um, you have to be tactical with your moves because um, it tasks you with um, taking the fewest number of actions that you can, with taking as little damage as possible. It has other, you know, things that you try to do, like find a boss's weak point through, you know, elemental magic or things like that. Um, and every, every one of these goals that you meet up with you also gain more points for not having any characters get KO'd for the entire battle. Um, so the better you do, the better score you get, the more experience you get, the more money you get, uh, the more materials you get. Um, so it behooves you to replay these, and your increasing stamina meter makes that less of a chore, because, you know, while at the start of the game a three-stamina dungeon is substantial, at the point that I'm at, it's no longer a big deal. And the other nice thing is, every time you gain a level in stamina, it fully restores all of your stamina, so you don't have to wait for it to recharge. So, while it is involved in some of the offensive um, in-app purchases, uh, it does have some redeeming qualities in the way that it approaches them. Record Keeper knows exactly what it is, and everything about it does its best to play to your nostalgia. Uh, like, you travel to different portions of the stories of different games, you battle through monsters, you fight familiar bosses, and then, like, in between battles, you get, like, a Cliff Notes version of the story that you just played through. Yeah, you get, you know, some of the songs, Yeah, and you get um, adorable little 16-bit recreations of characters that have never been 16-bit before. Mm-hmm. And exact recreations of 16-bit characters who originally were 16-bit. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's that's big. Like, I don't think that the games have ever looked as good as the 16-bit ones did. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly, this was a smart move. The music from the games returns exactly as you remember it. For example, Final Fantasy 1 has the exact same NES music. Like, rather than remixing it, I think that was a great move. Yeah. And, you know, it's old-fashioned Final Fantasy combat. None of the new stuff that they've been doing since, like, what, 11 onward? Where it's more, um, like, World of Warcraft or whatever. Action RPGs sort yeah. of things, yeah. Yeah, it's turn-based. Uh, there, I mean, there's an action timer bar, so, like, it's not entirely time-based. I'm sorry, it's not entirely turn-based, but uh, it mainly is. Um, I also like that you have to gather materials to make your spells and choosing and you have to choose which ones to craft like it it never gets you to a point where like oh well since i chose to build fire i ca- i can't build blizzard like you just have to decide which ones you want first and what order and that seems more fun to me than just like going to a shop and straight up just buying tomes mm-hmm. equipment gets a lot of focus as well um, as opposed to just straight level grinding like most Final Fantasy games were. Uh, so I, I, I like that. The characters who currently appear in the game, the, it's it's not a complete game. Like, currently, they have, like... They, they started out with sections from Final Fantasy 4, 5, 6, 7... 10. 10. And I think that's all of them that they had in the original set. Um, they just added one and two, and uh, some more from six. Uh, I just did the Opera House scene, Mark. 
Oh, see, I I quit before I even unlocked six as a playable section. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, they don't. The only there's only one six character unlocked that I know of as of right now. Who is it? Cyan. Tara. What? Yeah, yeah. I know. I thought it was a weird choice. Why? Would it, why wouldn't it be Tara or or Locke or Celise or Edgar or Sabin? Like we're gonna go all the way down to Sabin. You mean Cyan? Yeah, yeah. So I thought Cyan was a weird choice. Like I never disliked him. I thought he was, you know, I thought he was great when he was like rampaging through Kefka's army by himself yes. yeah. on like a suicide mission. Basically, yeah, you killed my family. Blah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I, I mean, I, th- I think the simple fact that like this game makes me think that much about the old games is very positive. But like I said, like if you don't have nostalgia for like. I don't know, Mark. Like, am I wrong in saying that, like, you're really, uh, like, I would really only say you're a fan of six and maybe some of four, right? Oh, I've never played four. Oh, um, you never played four? Okay, no, I thought no, you no. did. Six through ten. Six through ten? Okay. Yeah, and, and ten is love-hate kind of thing. But yeah, definitely six through nine. Okay, yeah. Um, Like, so, is part, do you think part of the reason that you weren't into it was... Well, do, do you think it was the in-app purchases or more that, like, it was a lot of stuff that you didn't have nostalgia for? I can't say for sure, but I was definitely less interested in playing through the missions, that like, in 4. I've never played 4. Okay. And they were not nearly as interested in me as even even 10, which I don't love that game 100%. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, whereas for me, I, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I have played 1 through 7. Okay. And those are the ones I have nostalgia for. Mm-hmm. So, like, since those are the main, like, there's only really a couple missions from ten. So, you know, and and I even played ten for a little bit. Like, I own it. I just never got into it. Yeah. Um. I I found like a ten dollar copy of it long after the PlayStation Two was defunct. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So for me, um, like, I have memories of Final Fantasy Four, so mm-hmm. I enjoy it. But yeah, like, if if it had been really 8 through 12, I would feel much less good about this, probably. Gotcha. And I think that'll affect anyone else who tries to play this game. Oh, yeah. If you've never played any Final Fantasy games, I don't You're know. not going to care. You're, you're yeah. not going to care at all. You're going to be like... First of all, what's wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> well, you know, some people are just starting out in video games. You know, young kids and people that weren't interested before. Yeah. Everybody has to start somewhere. We should start with Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Six, then seven. <laughs> and then stop with Final Fantasy VI because you can't find a better game in the history of gaming. <laughs> <laughs> a Link to the Past is far better. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. okay. So, anyway. Um, yeah, so, I mean, on the subject of characters, you know, the ones who appear are sort of a mixed bag. I mean, I like Cyan. I, they, you know, Cloud, Tifa, Sephiroth... Aerith, Kane, and Cecil, and Rydia from 4. Um, you know, I, th- I think they're good choices, uh, with the exception of, for some reason, most of the characters. Like, like the actual named characters they went with are good, with the exception of the Crisis Core characters they put in for no apparent reason. They put, like, they put, like 12 of them in. Like, the nameless, like, Warrior, Knight, Summoner, right. Ranger... And, like, I don't give a shit. Like, they're, they, these, these, well, first of all, because I didn't play Crisis Core. Aren't those original Final Fantasy characters, though, too? 
Uh, yes. Like, wasn't there but, at least an earlier game in the series? Uh, again, I haven't played a lot of their super early ones, but like, um, were you just like, you know, classes more than you are like characters? Yeah, that was Final Fantasy 1. Okay. Um, but there are levels from Final Fantasy 1. Uh, and when you take a character from the game in to that realm, they get a bonus. Right. And the Crisis Core characters don't get a bonus from Final Fantasy 1 levels, which leads me to believe that there are separate Final Fantasy 1 characters at some point planned, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I kind of hate. Like, I, I, I hate that they have all these stupid Crisis Core characters. Yeah. When they have, like, so many other choices that haven't appeared yet. Yeah. Like, nobody from 9. <laughs> um, nobody from 5. One character from 6. 6 had so many rich characters. Right. And we get Cyan, and then, like, 12 nameless characters who mean nothing to me. <laughs> I I like the battling. I'm not sure how I feel about the exploration aspect being removed from it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the characterization is missing. Like, if you, And that's, I think, the other reason why it's difficult to get into this game if you aren't already a Final Fantasy fan. Um, because you're just not going to care who... You're not going to care that you're playing as Cloud, because you don't love Cloud. Right. Unless you've played Final Fantasy VII. You only care if Cloud has the highest attack. Right, that's all you care about. Yeah. So that's that's part of it. Um, on the bigger end of things, like, you know, all, all that stuff is really just opinionate, you know, me being opinionated. Um, but there are some pretty serious bugs in this game. Oh, I haven't really encountered many. Well, it's based around the equipment crafting system. Oh. Like, cycling through equipment is a chore. It's a pain in the ass. You can't just like, oh, I want to upgrade Kane's spear. You have to like find Kane's spear in this giant pile of junk that is your inventory. Oh, wow. And as you, it's not all on one screen. So you have to scroll through it. And sometimes when you scroll, the app will just lock up. And like, you have to exit the app and then restart I've been playing on my iPad. I have to restart my iPad every single time. Ugh. And this has happened to me multiple wow. times. Like, it's not, it's not an occasional thing. It's like every other time that I go in to, like, mess around with my equipment, this happens. Um, furthermore, like, and just the way that it's organized is some pretty seriously awful user interface design. It's very typical mobile game interface where you have to click. It's like you got a free gift. You have to click through seven screens to mm-hmm. receive your free gift and to put the free gift into your inventory. Mm-hmm. Like it's every everything I saw was just like, oh my gosh, this is like all the bad free to play games I've I've played over the years. Yeah, so like the and and that's why I think like for anybody who does not have Final Fantasy nostalgia or for like for multiple games in the series, they're not going to love this. Mm-hmm. I kind of love this despite myself. <laughs> Um, like, you know, I, like, I still play it. Like, I don't spend money on it. Yeah. But, like, anytime I have stamina and I'm not doing something, I'm logged in playing it. Yeah, I I got through, like, most of 10, most of 7, and, um, a little bit of 4, and then I was just like, uh, okay, I'm done. Yeah, and and I think that's a fair assessment of it. Ultimately, like it's just it, you know if you if you're a long time Final Fantasy fan, download it, play it. You'll probably have a good time. Otherwise, I'd say skip it. 
Well, uh, I don't have a segue. So, Emrys. I have a segue. You have, okay. Do you ride around town in it? It's, uh... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Pokemon something something. Uh, skip it. <laughs> That's my segue. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sorry. This is going to be a short review. I was not looking forward to playing this game. Is this Rumble World you're talking about? Yeah, Pokemon Rumble World. It's free to play on the 3DS eShop. And, um, yeah, I got bored with it instantaneously. <laughs> you, you play as a Pokemon or as a Pokemon trainer. So you, I guess you're a Pokemon trainer, but you run around the world as a Pokemon. A Pokemon toy. A I, was say, I thought they were Pokemon toys. Toy. They are toys. They're toys. You're in the land of toys. There's a king of fucking toys. <laughs> and though the whole game takes place on um, sort of, in my opinion, generic looking world maps. Yeah. And it's sort of like an action game mm-hmm. in that you run around and punch everything. <laughs> yeah. And, as far as I can tell, there's only one button, which is punch. And every Pokemon sort of has a different punch, but they're all the same. That is not true. I mean, all right. They have different ranges. And like, sometimes you punch with your no, face, and sometimes... There's you sometimes legitimate, like, Pokemon attacks. And if some, a lot of the characters only have an A attack, but some have an A and a B attack. All right. I guess I did not play it enough. That's okay. If you didn't like it, that's fine. I'm just... Yeah, I mean, so you you run around these generic looking worlds. I mean, the graphics are not awesome. Uh, the little Pokemon characters are true to their, you know, origins. Like, they look like the Pokemon you recognize from years of Pokemon game playing. Um, I guess they're toys, mm-hmm. though. But it just doesn't really matter that they're toys, because anyway... They're like I guess there's the animation where they they have a little wind up thing before they come out on the field. Yeah, whenever you switch your character, the little wind up thing comes out, and it's it's sort of like a um, yeah. a timer. And if you get hit during that, you can't switch your character. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so you run around and you punch everything, <laughs> and then like coins pop out, and I guess you keep you collect all the coins. So you can buy really stupid stuff like new T-shirts. <laughs> For your me character, and um, I have not once been tempted to spend any of the currency that I I found lying around on the ground. And the game isn't very hard. Like at least I have not felt challenged by it. I just run around and I punch all of the guys. <laughs> and then when you're done with a, an, an area, you punch a really big guy. And then like you find like when you're done punching a guy, they'll lie on the ground and you can collect them and he goes into your like Pokemon inventory. Yeah. Sure. I mean, so like I have four hundred ratatas that are all power level varying. Yeah, and they have different moves. No, they all have <laughs> punch. Like every sing they all every single Pokemon does punch. Like you start out with a Pikachu that punches the weakest, and then you find Every Pokemon you collect after that is stronger, and then they. I I'm, mean, grabbing, I'm, I'm grabbing. I'm grabbing my 3ds like, right now. <laughs> they have like type. They have type effects. So like, if you're fighting fire Pokemon, then you want to have like a a water effect. But really, you just want to pick the the strongest power Pokemon 
to fight with at any given time, generally. The one with the power level over 9,000. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like every time you go back to an area, the Pokemon have, like, gotten more power. So, like, you just want to keep getting more stronger Pokemon. It doesn't really matter what type they are. Yeah. I have a, um, currently my know. most powerful is a Zoroark with 249 damage. And his A attack is Snarl. His B attack is Night Days. Then, then I have okay. a Slowbro. That doesn't make any sense. Night Days? Stop <laughs> talking. I have a Slowbro with 237 <laughs> attack power. His B attack is Psychic. His A attack is Water Pulse. And then I have a Dewblade or Dublade um, who does Sacred Sword and Iron Head. Sure. sure. Whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> And so, like, you, you get on a hot air balloon, and you go to these different areas. And there's, like, three areas, and you pick one at random. And I guess each area has, like, different Pokemon. So you want to keep going back to the zone so you can go to all the different areas and collect all the different Pokemon. Yeah. For some reason. Like, there, apparently this is something people would want to do. And if you street past somebody, you can go to a new zone, and they can, like, help you or, or you know, give you buffs or items or something. Yeah, there's, like, people... That you can bump yeah, into. here's one right now. His name is completely in Japanese. I have no idea who he is. Yeah, Every, all the all the people you invite into your game are from Japan. It seems like it. It's absolutely true. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that this is popular in Japan. <laughs> um, it's not popular in Milton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> where presumably only one person plays it, and that's me. Uh, I have not been bothered by in-app purchases. It it seems like. I guess I guess the timer for well, so like you go to a, you get on your balloon you go to an area and then that goes on cooldown and it seems like the cooldowns are pretty short apparently they get longer as you level up and then you can buy it seems like uh, the only other thing that you'd want to buy is like clothes like you can get a hoodie I'm gonna get a hoodie look 600p I guess that's the money that's been lying on the ground I'm gonna get a hoodie for 600p. <laughs> Do you need I'm me to loan you some yes. pee? <laughs> no, I have lots of pee. I have so I after spending six hundred, I have seven hundred and eighteen p. I don't know what the p stands for. Poke dollars probably, but that's not the poke dollar sign from the games. Whatever. I have a hoodie now. I've literally bought all the clothes I'll ever. I want. just took a picture of you on my friends list. It says you're currently playing the game. And I'm going to put it on Facebook and say Emerus is playing his new favorite game. <laughs> All right. I guess I deserve that. No, but... You know, I, I downloaded the game and played it briefly. And I think... I just thought that... like It feels like they put it in way too much easy mode. For my taste, like you don't even you don't even have to press the punch button. Like it will automatically yeah, punch for you guys. if you're just facing in the general right direction. I turned that off so I could put it in hardcore mode. Oh, that can be turned off. <laughs> yes. Well, shit. Apparently, I'm the only person in the world who enjoys this game. Yeah, I mean, more power to you, man. I, 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 here's here's my one sentence review of it: Baby's first dungeon crawler. Sure. And that's how I feel about it. And it, I don't hate it because aesthetically, I think it's all right. That's it for me. I did not like the really? aesthetic. I think it's fine. Pokemon are cute. They'll always be mm -hmm. cute. That's not a surprise. 
But I, I, I don't think the, the graphics here are very well executed. I, I, I don't either. I In general, I just hate the Miis appearance. Oh. They're, they're stumpy. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't like Miis in general, so anytime they're, they're integrated into a game, I kind of hate it. Oh. So you're not going to use your Mega Man me in the new Smash Bros. or Mario Kart 8? Not a fat fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always like the Miis. Well, I mean, I'm I'm fine with them existing and, like, being in, like, the main menu of, like, the operating system or something like that. Or, like, a way to identify, like, a, you know, a, a person, like, the owner's system or something. But, like, when they put them in the in these actual games, like, it just, it looks bad to me. Like, they could, they, especially in a series like Pokemon, where they could just use, like, fucking Ash, or whatever the guy's name is, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, have actual Pokemon trainers in it, and have it not look like crap. Yeah, I guess I don't have that big of a problem with it. I mean, the area the area art is not very well-defined. Like, I guess, I guess it's satisfying to do super effective attacks on people, you know? Like, I guess if you really like Pokemon and like collecting Pokemon, then there's something to enjoy here. But you like that. You like both of those things, and you don't like this. I really don't like the action game okay. where you run around on the... Oh my gosh. I'm getting my ass kicked by a giant Ralts right now. Anyway, I don't like the the games where you walk around an area and then like shoot people. I don't know. I don't know what kind is it is it just action games? Maybe? It might just be games that aren't Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Alright. So I just got killed. And I'm not gonna spend my coins to continue. So lose. <laughs> that's depressing. Alright. I feel like I lost just downloading this game. <laughs> um, I guess I'll turn it off and then never play it again. That's me for my upbeat podcasting. <laughs> oh yeah, I have to give it a. I give it um seven hundred and forty-five Pokemon out of seven hundred and forty-five. That what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's all the Pokemon. It's just a Pokemon game. I think they are all in there too. Somehow. Oh, I'm sure they I've are. I've only got like 50, but I'm very easy to please. This all goes back to my superhero fetish or something. I don't know. You put the right aesthetic on something and I, I don't care. I don't care about the actual quality of it. I'm just like, oh, this is nice. So what about the live action Pokemon movie? You going to be there opening night for that? What are you talking about? The live action Pokemon movie. Well, okay. This uh, Is this something you made up or is this actually happening? No, I made this up. Oh, okay. I'll fucking go. <laughs> You'll go to my made-up movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a box office smash hit. <laughs> I really like the fact that you like all those Superman, superhero movies. Like, I'm glad that there's somebody out there who, who that stuff Dude, I to. look, I bought the director's cut of Daredevil and Elektra, watched them, and enjoyed them. <laughs> That's crazy. And you've That's never wild. done drugs in your life. I haven't, but I, I am almost done with this <laughs> almost this nearly 11% beer, and I am almost falling on my chair. And you haven't even done your review yet. Well, let's do that. 
I'm reviewing Mortal Kombat X, or Mortal Kombat 10, I guess, technically. I don't know. I'm confused. Uh, this is from Warner Bros. Entertainment Bros. Um, it's free to play on the iOS App Store, probably Android. Um, I don't have an Android. I wish I was an Android. Um, this is basically the same game as like the mobile version of Injustice. You know, the DC Comics fighting game that I reviewed twice now on this show. Like, <laughs> I reviewed it on our very first episode. I reviewed it, reviewed it on our anniversary episode, first anniversary episode. And so I felt it was fitting to essentially review the same game again on this our second anniversary. You're reviewing the reskin. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true because I mean not much has changed. It's it's just like a different coat of paint. The reskin where they rip off the skin. It's it's well it's it's funny because it's like a it's just like a, it's just a circle because Injustice was based off of Mortal Kombat 9 or whatever it was just called Mortal Kombat but um it's it's really the same core game. Um Specifically, I'm um, speaking about the mobile version. You you pick a team of three interchangeable characters out of I don't know dozens, and you use them to fight a series of tag team battles to progress through a map that gives you the illusion that you're actually doing something other than tapping and swiping fifty billion times until you just break down and spend real world money on the characters you think you want, but then the reality of the shallow gameplay sets in and you contemplate your life choices and whether it's even worth living at all. Do you wonder if you should try committing a fatality on yourself? <laughs> uh, they had that in one of the games. You could kill yourself before you... Uh, Harakiri, they called him. They, you could kill yourself when it said finish him. That way your opponent couldn't finish you. <laughs> That's so uh, cool. my dirty little secret is I love Mortal Kombat games and I've played every single one of them except the new one because it's not out on a system I own currently. Well, except for mobile. Yeah. But this is a this is a a shell of a game. This is this is this is not nearly <laughs> anything compared to the actual like console version of the game. Um anyway, on the surface, Mortal Kombat 10 x whatever uh looks like a traditional fighting game. I mean, the graphics are pretty good. It's it's like near PlayStation 3 quality, I'd say. And, you know, sadly, we've seen traditional fighting games not really work on touchscreens. So I will give Warner Bros. or NetherRealm Studios or whatever credit uh, for this version because they were pretty smart to simplify the gameplay down to just swipes and taps. Um, it's not like, you know, Street Fighter Alpha or whatever the heck you can get on your iPhone where there's actually like a virtual pad which is just a nightmare to me. The problem is with Mortal Kombat is there's very little strategy. You know, your attacks come out randomized. Uh, it actually is, the combat is actually scaled back from the Injustice game that was released two years ago. Um, with the mere like three or four taps that you're allowed to do in succession, sometimes you'll throw a series of punches. Other times you'll kick and sweep. So the fighting is like, um, it's like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so I would give this game far more credit if I could, like, for example, tap my opponent's head to punch his face or swipe the screen at his feet to sweep the leg. Unfortunately, for all of you out there listening to this right now, um, I wasn't in charge of developing the game, so it's not like that. It's completely, 
completely random crap. The more flashy and, and often like gory special attacks, those are performed with just the press of one little special icon in the corner. You have to kind of build up to be able to do that. All the really cool moves have to be like unlocked or purchased. In my short time with the game, because it sucks, um, I still haven't seen a fatality outside of the opening cinema for the game. I have never even heard the words finish him uttered even once. That's yeah, too bad. I mean, truth be told, I've only unlocked one actual playable character from the series, that being Sonya Blade. The remainder of the handful of characters I've unlocked. And the characters I have on my team are just generic characters of like various races or, or factions or whatever. So I'll have like human soldier dude or lizard thing or icy ninja guy. You know, they'll they'll help they'll help me tackle the world map. Um, but the actual like signature Mortal Kombat characters, like I don't know, Scorpion, Johnny Cage, whatever, those are a lot harder to obtain. And um, they require a lot of money. It, they're like as rare as a freaking like Jigglypuff amiibo. There you go. Johnny Cage is a Jigglypuff amiibo. <laughs> so I, I can't really recommend Mortal Justice Combat League uh, for more than just like, <laughs> you know, you, you can download it and watch the opening uh, cinema where Scorpion chops off Sub-Zero's face with a katana. Because um, after that, the game is just downhill. Well, I'm about to finish my beer in the next sip. Let's take a step backwards in time to our portable past. episode i figured we had to do you know a real classic for our portable pass this episode so i decided to go with super mario land 2 six golden coins it was developed by nintendo rnd1 and released on october 21st 1992 and it's probably the most notable for being the first appearance of wario yeah I have always hated <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pre-order the wario amiibo no, no. If if I if I see him in the store, I might burn him. So Super Mario Land Two is another game in the Mario series that's set outside of the Mushroom Kingdom. I guess this is actually Mario Land that it's set in because while Mario was away in Super Mario Land One, Wario invaded his castle. Hypno- hypnotized all of Mario's subjects. Apparently, Mario's a monarch in this land. <laughs> and where is this? Hold on, though. Hold on. Let's dig deep into this lore. Okay. Wario Land One. I'm um, sorry, Mario Land One. Very um, Earth esque, I would say. It was in a place called Sarasa Land. Right, but I mean, it was like Easter Island and like Egypt and stuff. No, it was in Sarasa Land. <laughs> <laughs> okay so but that was called mario land so War- mario land 2 can't be 
the same Mario Land. Am I thinking too hard about this? It doesn't. It doesn't try to say that he was in Mario Land in the first game, or that it is the same land. No, it's saying Mario Land One is Sarasa Land. Mario Land Two is Mario Land. It is officially. Yeah, this he was. Yeah, he was. A, he was away from Mario Land in Sarasa Land, yeah. and that's how Wario came in and took everything over <laughs> while he was gone. The M on his castle upside down <laughs> yes yes that's that's what happened <laughs> okay this is entirely disturbing to me but continue <laughs> more, more than that um everything in mario land is way bigger than it is in sarasa land all of the on-screen sprites are oh much bigger dude the ga- game looks so much better it's like oh my gosh I, I remember seeing it for the first time and just thinking it was like the best looking thing yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I remember seeing preview screenshots in an issue of Nintendo Power. And I was like, are you serious? This is what they're doing with portable game systems now? Yeah. Which is what I say about the 3DS with games like Smash Brothers now. Right. But, yeah. Um, so, when we're doing our 10th anniversary episode, are we going to be laughing at ourselves for like, saying <laughs> Smash Bros. looked good on 3DS? Yeah, yeah, Smash oh, yeah. Brothers looked real good. I mean, come on, it wasn't even in virtual reality. It wasn't even in 4D. <laughs> you couldn't travel forward in time and play with your ancestors or your descendants. <laughs> they actually have games where you can do that, by the way. Huh? Like Fire Emblem? No, there's like racing games where it saves your like best run. So I've read about people who's like dad was playing the game before he died, and now his best run is, like, saved forever in this racing game. This is, like, interstellar. Yeah, and so you can actually... The people, like, they play and they race the old ghost. It's a little creepy. See, here I am, continuing to provide super positiveness. <laughs> Death. <laughs> the game has... Uh, the, the story of it is that, you know, Wario has brainwashed all of Mario's subjects and enslaved them. Uh, and in order to get back into Mario Castle, which is now Wario Castle, and defeat Wario, uh, Mario must find the six golden coins from the six different zones of Mario Land. And they are Tree Zone, Space Zone, Macro Zone, Pumpkin Zone, Mario Zone, and Turtle Zone. Hold on a second. Yes. Who are Mario's subjects? Apparently a bunch of Goombas and Koopas and, like, these weird things that are, like, half cow, half fish that make a silly face when you stomp on their heads and bees and... Entirely disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. Because he kills them. Oh, he totally does. They're collateral damage. (laughs) Yeah. No, man, they're brainwashed. He has no choice. Oh, man. This is the this is darker than Majora's Mask. Way darker. And he's got that happy Mario face on this whole time. Like, at least Link <laughs> is emo and bummed out. Yeah. So, you know, the, the aesthetic of it is styled very much after uh, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Right. Because uh, it came out shortly after that game. It's, of course, nowhere near as big as Super Mario World. Um, it's only 32 levels, but... It has probably some of the finest Mario level designs ever. Really? I think so. Did you not play this? You know, I wanted to replay it um, in preparation for this episode. I didn't get around to it. Oh, okay. I've okay, played yeah. it many times. I just it's It's been probably 15 years more or more since I have. It had been about 10 years for me. And, 
you know, and you so finish I, it I, on lunch break. Yeah, well, no, I started. I, I got through like two zones on my lunch break, and then finished the remaining up like within an hour after I got off work that day. Yeah, like, but it it, it was interesting because I I had forgotten a lot of things about the game, and. I just like I think that they did a really great job of sticking with themes for level designs. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, some of them are fairly basic. Like Tree Zone is, you know, like you're up in trees, like jumping around from leaf to leaf. But stuff like the Space Zone, where they actually change up the entire gravity system of the game, um, and you even face Tatanga from the you know the final boss from the first Mario Land right. again. Just a lot of this stuff seems like stuff that they just don't do in Mario games anymore. Like, I can't imagine them doing anything like this in the new Super Mario Brothers games. Like, I really loved, you know, being, you know, having, like, Mario being able to float extra high in Space Zone, or, like, the, um, the way everything that you fought in the macro zone was enormous because, like, Mario was super small in that. Mm-hmm. Or how Mario's zone is actually, like, this gigantic robotic statue of Mario that changes up per level as you go on it. Like, you know, one is, like, you know, his his boots, and the next is, like, you know, his his uh, enormous midsection. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you get all, get all the way up to the top, which is, you know, his brain, which is actually just built out of Lego-looking blocks. And, like, everything about the aesthetic of the game and the level design feels perfectly themed with the zones that they're kept in. So while it is short, I think it has, like, terrific level design. <clears throat> and I, I just wish that uh, they would make a 2D Mario game now that has as much thought put into it as this game did. The animations are great. I, I mentioned, you know, these guys earlier, but, like, the cowfish, like, the face they make when you stomp on them is fantastic. Hmm. Um, like, and just, you know, a lot, of, clearly a lot of effort and a lot of thought went into all of the little details about this game, and I think that's what makes it great. Um, the power-ups are a lot of fun. Like, they, they have the fire flower, but they actually did things to make it not boring. Like, there are certain blocks that can only be broken by a fireball. Um, so that makes it important to have, you know, the, the fire flower when you get to, like, certain parts of the game to unlock secrets, uh. so you can go through, like, a pipe. Um, and, and why that's important is because I feel like in modern Mario games, you get a fire flower and you're like, oh, gosh, it's just another fire flower, who cares, you know? And it's really thought of as nothing more than an extra hit point. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, but, like, in this, it's actually useful. Like, it gives you offensive powers. And the, and the other thing is... Um, the you know it has your traditional mario like item that helps you float and this in this game it's the carrot that gives you rabbit ears oh that's right yeah now the rabbit ears help you to hover they also let you jump higher um but what's interesting about them is that unlike the tanuki suit or the super cape or like the squirrel suit or whatever um this this item has no attack power whatsoever it's just for it, for assisting you in jumping, and like you're reliant fully upon stomping on enemies' heads. Mm. You can't even spin jump when you have it. So like there are times where like, you can't access secrets because you've taken this item, oh. and I think that's interesting that like they have it. It makes the item seem more well balanced than than like especially in Super Mario World where the cape was just extremely powerful. So I. There's just you know the the, the boss battles are fun. I didn't find it to be extremely difficult. Um, I also don't really like Wario, but the final boss battle with him at the end of the game is fun. 
um, it's it's a good game to sort of speed run. You know, it it it's like other Mario games in that sense where you you can just hold down the B button, see how fast you can run through the entire thing, or you can take your time and find every secret exit from every level. And I just like that you have the choice of how you get to play the game. I swear, there's a Halloween zone. Am I wrong? Yeah, pumpkin zone. Okay. Yeah, you have like Jason masks that have like that's right daggers stabbed into their heads or whatever. Man, I'm gonna download this game. It's on the eShop for 3ds. It is. It's only like three or four bucks. Yeah, uh, it's this exact same price as the original Super Mario Land, I believe, which. Uh, is an easy choice to make between the two of them. I yeah. mean, they're both worth playing, but Mario yeah. Land 2 is far better. I agree. Yeah, and I can absolutely recommend this game. Like, anybody who hasn't played it, whose name is an Emerus, should definitely play it. Because I know you hate <laughs> I know you hate platform games, man. Like, I wouldn't recommend you play this, but anyone who, like, doesn't actively despise platform games should totally play this. Did you, um, is, was there ever a Mario Land 3? Is it freaking the one for 3DS? No, there was a Super Mario Land 3. Wario Land. Oh, that's right. Yep. Funny enough, um, I played a Virtual Boy for the first time a couple weeks ago at this like big Sacramento indie gaming thing. There's this local club, Retrogen 916, and they brought a bunch of their old systems from Super Nintendo and 64 to a freaking Virtual Boy. So I played Virtual Boy for the first time, and they had Wario Land on there. And I now really want Virtual Boy games on the 3DS Virtual Console because I think it would be awesome. Because Wario Land was actually pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I've never even seen a Virtual Boy in person. Yeah, I, sad to say, was tempted to run out the door with it, but (laughs) um, it was not the most... It's a weird system. It's super not comfortable to play. I had to hunch... Okay, I mean, that's all I had to say about Mario Land 2. Okay. It's a good game. <laughs> good game, good game. Spank me on the ass. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about our two-year anniversary. Um, I feel like I was more sentimental at the one-year anniversary. I would like to say thanks to a few people who, you know, we've met along the way and, like, have made this podcast, like, more than I thought it would be. Definitely the popular Outcast crew, Bill, Jeff, Aislin. You guys, I mean, you guys have developed friendships, like real world friendships because of this podcast. Yeah, it's really great. Oh, yeah. Like, they're who I spent. The popular Outcast crew, like um, Carpenter and uh, Dylan and Justin, and like, yeah, you know, like those people are like that I wouldn't, there are people I wouldn't know outside of this podcast. Yeah. And like Andrew and Chris from the Delusional Loners and. Uh, John Smith, a.k.a. Vox the Devil, who doesn't have a podcast, but does amazing artwork. You know, like, yeah. all people that I know because of the silly podcast. Even, even though most of them don't listen. <laughs> <clears throat> None of our friends listen to this. I, act, I act, actually urge them not to. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah, getting involved in stand-up comedy has turned my life in a different direction. That Yeah, same here. And like that wouldn't have happened outside of this podcast either, for either yeah. of us, I think. No way. I want to put a pin in that comment, reminding you that in a minute. Okay. But I also want to give a shout-out to just like um, the Koopa Club. They they plug our podcast all the time. We never ask them to, and it's, it's pretty freaking awesome that they do that. 
Yeah, I, I really appreciate that from them as well. Like, I think that they're great guys. I interact with them a little bit on Twitter sometimes, and yeah. I always enjoy it. Um, Jeremy and Ian, you guys are awesome. Um, I don't know the other guys as well, but um, I highly recommend our listeners seek out Koopa Club. Q-O-O-P-A-K-L-U-B. It's mostly Nintendo stuff, but these guys are hilarious and they're cool guys. Um, but also on that same page, Ryan of the Nintendo Fun Club podcast um, and Tyler Olu, who's occasionally on that podcast and was on our podcast almost a year ago. Like, I feel like we're like kindred spirits and I, I wish that teleportation existed so I could hang out with you guys. Um, in addition um super fans i feel like we 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 have a couple super fans they they always post on our facebook or whatever uh-huh. and we're we're thankful because we don't have many of them and daniel merritt um we appreciate you listening and we appreciate your sense of humor eric from compton uh i don't know your real name but um <laughs> you you interact with us and and seem to enjoy our show and that means a lot to us. Yeah, that that is really cool. And um, all the people that I've mentioned, like, would love to have on the show, but we're not a show that does a lot of guests. We kind of do guests very intentionally. And um, I, I kind of want a reason to have a guest more than I just want to have a guest for having guests' sake. But um, in the future, um, it would be an honor to have any of you on. And I'm getting more and more drunk as this podcast goes on. <laughs> I love you guys, and I want to hug your butts. <laughs> hey, one of, at least one of them is a minor. That's oh, true. Daniel, stop listening. <laughs> we're, we're terrible influences. I'm so sorry to your parents. <laughs> oh, gosh. This, this is being our two up, second year anniversary. Like This is running as long as a uh, season one episode. Yeah. <laughs> two hour plus episodes. Oh, um, man. That's all I have, unless you guys had anyone else you wanted to thank or anything for, you know, sentimental value or whatever. No, I, I think you I think you got everybody. Okay. Yeah. I apologize if I forgot you. I just drank a lot of beer that was very high in alcohol, and that's my excuse, even though, you know, whatever. I forgot about you because I'm inconsiderate. <laughs> That's way more honest. Thank you for your honesty. Um, anyway. That's what I'm providing. Thanks for listening. Here's to uh, a third year of Portal Definitely. Wait, what was, what was what I put a pin in? What did I put a pin in? Uh, we were talking about the, the popular podcasts in stand-up. Were we? That's what you said to put a pin in. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I... I, I pushed the pin through the wall and it sunk back behind the drywall. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Go over to portablepower.popularoutcast.com. Clear your cookies or use incognito mode. Do the shopping that you'd normally do. We'll get a small cut of whatever it is you spend at no additional cost to you. Help us get noticed. Go over to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to the Portable Power Podcast. Get in touch with us. Maybe you'd like to send us a game review request or your own answer to our question of the week. You can email us at portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com or use Facebook, facebook.com slash portablepowerpodcast. Or get in touch with us on Twitter at portablepowerfm. Drink responsibly and listen to the next episode of the Portable Power Podcast so you can witness what happens when people don't.
Woo! Spring break. Thought we had to do something. <laughs> Show us your tits, Mark. <laughs> do you really want me to turn on the Skype camera? I'll turn on the Skype camera. Please. They're out. Let's, they're out and they're ready to play. Let's make <laughs> <laughs> That was the that was the gravy right there. <laughs> uh, oh boy.